Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is a lovely Valentine's Day jocked off, but there ain't going to be any love here, or at least I hope not. Come on, I've actually got an intro all right for the first time. Uh, as per usual, I'm joined by the big man, Jim Watson. Poor form last time out, Jim, after a good debut win. Yeah, the handicapper nailed me last time. I got put up £7 and I just couldn't couldn't even get anywhere close last time. So, trainers put headgear on me this time, piece, some cheap pieces and hopefully I can book my ideas up. You actually have cheap pieces on? No, do I, Eck? I've got a beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. Are you doing well, Jim? I am. Didn't get any Valentine's gifts. Quite devastating, but... Other than that, we move. Did you not get the one I sent you? I didn't, no. What did What did you send me? It wasn't a picture of lost in translation by any chance, was it? No, I'll let you know, Jim, next time it comes through. That can be a surprise for the next podcast. OK, what back Jack, was it? <laughs> we'll leave that for another day, mate. It's still <laughs> early. It's still early. Bareback Jack, what a horse and what a man. Uh this needs drip, uh, bringing out of the dirt already. It's only been on for a minute and we've already ruined it. Uh, from Dalian Godolphin, it's our good friend Sam Owens. How are you doing, pal? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, from horseracing.net, uh, another good friend of ours uh, and Millennium Racing Club as well, the co-founder of the syndicate, uh, Joe Tuffin. How are we, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I also uh, didn't get any Valentine's gifts. So I'm in the same camp as you on that one, Jim, but, you know, it's... Could be worse, you know. It's here, still breathing. Well, I wasn't about five minutes ago when I was choking to death before we uh, started this podcast. But yeah, could be worse. And another good friend of the show uh, is doing his writing for Cheltenham at the minute as well, which is brilliant. Make sure you read all his previews. He's got one coming out every day in February, 28 races at the festival. 28 previews from my fellow Tipstar finalist, top man Dan Overall. How are we doing, Dan? I'm very well, mate, thank you. I'm mildly disturbed about the bareback jack conversation that went on a minute ago, but other than that, good to go. And after listening to the first two episodes of this, I'm very much looking forward to getting stuck in. Yeah, if you've, if you've not listened to uh, to this before, pretty much, we'll run through some uh, questions, some half serious, some not serious at all. Uh, I'm, I'm, I practically am a dictator in this. I, get, I give more points to people who say the things I like most. Uh, and at the end of it, uh, whoever wins, wins nothing. Uh, Generous. Oh, I, I am a Yorkshireman. I'm not giving no fucking prize away here. Uh, <laughs> expending me to spend my money on someone else. Come on. Uh, first of all, though, we'll keep it with the Valentine's theme, because I have just got a message from a girl asking me to move to London with her. Not sure how serious she is, but I'm going to run with it completely. Uh who in racing would you love to take on a lovely Valentine's Day and where would you take them? Sam Owens, you're up first, pal. Ooh, I've gone for a bit of a cop-out here. Um, I've actually chosen a presenter, a racing presenter, and Brittany Ayrton uh, for TVG. Um, and I'd probably take her to, like, Junkyard Golf just because there's a good good night out. Or I'd take her to the zoo because if they don't like animals, <laughs> they're pretty much fucked, aren't they? <laughs> There's a banging shout. It's it's one of them things, right? When you're a kid, I I think you kind of think zoos will play a bigger part in your life than they actually do. (laughs) (laughs) 
How much time you spend well, thinking McGran about always, zoos? My gran always says they don't like animals, don't date them, so... <laughs> yeah, zoos and quicksand as well. When you're a kid, quicksand seems like a massive danger from cartoons. <laughs> There's always people falling down quicksand in cartoons. I've never seen it in my life. Uh, this is a horse racing podcast. Uh, <laughs> James Watson, you're a romantic man. Where would you, uh, who and where would you like to take on a date? Well, I know you know the East Yorkshire section of the country very well, Lewis, and um, there's a little farm just outside there with with a with a horse's name in it, and I'd take Rachel Blackmore to Honeysuckle Farm just outside Hornsey, as as I know you're a fan of that part of the country, and I think she'd love to just have a walk around with it on a farm, and, and just like Sam said, but what happened? If if they don't like animals. Don't date him. Fair shout. It's a fair shout, although have you ever been to Hornsey? I haven't, uh, but I, I'm due to go, but it doesn't sound very exciting, let's just say that. No, it's a shit all lad. Uh, <laughs> well, that's yeah. me back in last place again. <laughs> no, uh, Joe, what about you, mate? Um, yeah, so I, I would probably, if given a choice, though... Well, I'll just I'll just accept now that out of my league, but it would probably be Meg Nichols. Um, I'm I sure I'm not the only one in that really. Uh, and where I would take her, I'd either take her to to Ludlow Owners Lounge for some of the delicious Shropshire beef there, because that would charm anyone over, or I'd take her down the bookies for a bit of five pound fun on one of her dad's nags. I'm sure, she can tell me some of the uh, the winners in the day, make a bit of money, and then we're both happy, aren't we? Kevin's so got competition there. Well, yeah, I, I don't think it's much of a competition, to be honest. I'm sure <laughs> fairly clear. You win it I'm, I'm well, sat in a room drinking, uh, drinking Thatcher's by myself and choking to death on them. I think he's probably got me a number on that one, to be fair. But, you know, can only do our best. Yeah, I'm just making sure I've blocked Kevin Stott from every account I have. Uh, <laughs> Dan overall, what about you, bud? I mean, I've gone a bit off piece here, uh, so bear with me. But I think I want to take Nicky Henderson out. But bear with me. <laughs> I'm not about all this romance, right? We've had some nice answers about beautiful women going out, fine. But I think me and Nicky could go for a right old-fashioned piss-up. Valentine's Day is too much about romance. Bring it back to basics and getting absolutely hammered. And Nicky's been taking non-stop abuse all season. And I think he needs taken out for a nice night out just to forget his troubles. So I've done a bit of research. So we're going to go all the way to John O'Groats, where the nearest race course is well over 200 miles away. It's been a stressful time for old Nicky, and I think he needs a bit of a break from racing. And let's face it, he hasn't exactly been the keenest to go to the races this season anyway, so might as well get him far <laughs> away from the race courses. So I've had a look, and I'll get us a room at the Seaview Hotel, real hotel, you can Google it. And according to one review, it has really good food, an excellent bar of at least 100 malt whiskies. It's not being fun. It seems bang up his street. So after a heavy afternoon, I think we'll stumble to the coast at close to midnight, which, according to my research, is nearly the best time to see the northern lights. We'll just lay down, look up at the stars, forgetting our racing-related troubles in a whiskey-induced haze. Watch out, it might bite. (laughs) 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 That that does sound that if that went the wrong way, that could actually end up romantic. 
line under the. <laughs> hey, look! I only said I'm booking us one room, so for <laughs> <laughs> eventuality. <laughs> oh, lads, that's belting. I think Dan's won that round, Jim. Yeah, bringing Rachel Blackmore to Hornsey compared to a, a night in the Northern Lights, Watson. Come on, lad. Uh, I'd bring Francesca Kamani to the White Horse in Halifax, which is by far the roughest pub in West Yorkshire. <laughs> Just because I, I, don't, I don't think she'll ever have experienced anything rougher than Buckinghamshire. I reckon Maybe. Francesca Kumani speaks more languages than the amount of people's teeth in that pub. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Entirely right, entirely right. Opens at seven, closes the next morning at six. Only one hour, it's not open. What a place. Uh, is that moving on to the, is that the gym? Is, is there any shut for one hour? Sometimes, yeah. That gives you enough time with her. That is insane. <laughs> Take me. Screw, screw Francesca, take me, I want to go and check the place out. Oh, I mean, oh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not exactly like fucking Downton Abbey, but even <laughs> even for my standards, uh, a hell of a lot of spice in that place. <sighs> hell of a lot of spice. It's a good yeah. laugh, though, a good, a good start for an away day. Uh, Down there, mate. That's, I'll, Francesca will be like a pork pie in a synagogue there. You need someone to <laughs> And enjoy the night a bit. I'll come along with you. No worries about that. Well, class boys, as we move on to the second question, uh, the Betfair free bet pot builder chase uh, caused a bit of aggro this week between Betfair Barry and Lydia Hislop uh, having a bit of an argument about his ugly name. But which race would you rename if you could? And why? Uh, Joe, we're coming to you first here, pal. Probably a bit of a boring answer to this. It's, it's actually quite a selfish one. Um, but it would be the, I can't even pronounce it, but the Cesarewitch. Am I right there? I think I am. Based purely off the fact that because I work in social media, that name is so hard to spell. And I get it wrong all the time. Without fail, I get it wrong. When you're typing out quickly, like the winner of the Cesarewitch, it just, it never ends up right. It's just needlessly complicated. So I just change it to something more. I just change it to Witch or something like that. This <laughs> is what we're on about. You don't need to cram in these weird letters that aren't needed into a race name. It's just frustratingly complicated, so I've just been it. I can have it. I can have it. It's. I find it quite fun to say, though, Cesarewitch. Just call it no race is a flat, I think. <laughs> I get no enjoyment from saying that word at all. <laughs> Not a single bit, so get it gone. Dan, which race are you renaming, Paul? So, nothing against the lovely people at the Brown Advisory Investment Firm. But we've had the Brown stable plate now for a few years at Cheltenham as a handicap. And now they've gone and sponsored the RSA, or what was the RSA. So, unless something's changed about that handicap name, we've now got two Brown Advisories at Cheltenham. And how boring does that sound? Like, this, this is the week that... Jones Racing builds up to, and we've got two races with Brown Advisory in the title. Like, Brown Advisory, stable play, I can't think of many more boring words you can string together in a sentence. So, out of spite, just to show them how bad it sounds, I'd rename the handicap to the Beige Optional Yard Tupperware Handicap Chase. <laughs> and at the end of it, whoever wins can get a lovely bit of Tupperware in a lovely beige colour, and maybe after one year, 
Uh, Cheltenham will have a look and think, you know what, that is an absolute bloody awful name. Let's name it something exciting for once. You are right, it's a horrible name. And I like the the, the registered name's a mild mayor fleet, which I don't really know what it means, but it's fun to say. It's a great name. Uh, yeah, that's a good name. It is. It's it's, it's good. It's Paddy Power have it now. Uh, Cheltenham have just announced today that it's the Paddy Power plate from now on. Uh, like we need well, the Paddy Power chase. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How they got now? <laughs> All of them. Paddy Power. <laughs> it is going really. to it is, it is end up being... Well, like the Ballymore, although I can't get into that because there's still answers left to come. Uh, James Watson, what about you, bud? Now, we mentioned Paddy Power and their brilliant names. Over Christmas, we see the Paddy Power, uh, Paddy's Reward Club Chase, Loyalty's Dead, Long Live the Rewards, um, was last year's name. Thankfully, they got rid of the end this year. Um, but I would quite like to change that name to the Simply Ned Chase because he was such a tremendous standing dish in that race. He ran in it five times and was in the first three every time and he was a bit of a legend really for doing that and for me it should be the Simply Ned Chase. I like that. I like that he was a bit of a legend, wasn't he? Sam, what about you, bud? Uh, I've gone for quite an obvious one, really. Um, the Albert Bartlett. I'd just call it the Spud Race or Potato Race. <laughs> That's what everyone calls it anyway, so why not just change it to that and get a nice sponsor in Maris Pipers or something, you know? Yeah, you're right. I'd, I'd love that for an official, an official just the, the Spud Race. race. <laughs> would be great. Great addition. World class. World class. I'd, I'd I'd have a semi-serious one for this, which is, is that veterans chase on the on the old Rowan card at Aintree over over three miles. I think Minella Celebration won it this year. Surely they got to name that after the early on Rouge from now on. The mm. amount of times he's been jumping round there. Uh, but after the end of the first two questions, we've got the scores in. Uh, Sam's on seven, Jim's on six, Joe's on four, and Dan's in the lead. On 10 points, it's already a fairly well strung out field as we move on to the third question. Uh, racing on the sad loss of Prince Khalid Abdullah last month. Uh, tell me, who should be my favourite ever horse to wear his colours? Uh, Dan, you're up first here, pal. I mean, there's only one right answer for this one. and It's got, it's got to be Frank, hasn't it, really? But not for his exploits on the track. Nope, we've had enough of that. We've all heard the, he's 15 lengths clear at the bushes enough times. It's overplayed. So I think we need to focus more on his contribution to the game as a national hunt stallion. <laughs> Who could forget the likes of Arctic Snow, 10th fault, half-brother to a Group 2 flat winner, who soared to a mark of 87 over Johnson's <laughs> Revan Williams? Or what about Frankador? What a name you'd think out of Franco. He's got to be good. Sold for 100,000 guineas of the yearling. Didn't win on eight starts of the flat. Went for a career as a juvenile hurdler. Stuffed by 34 lengths on his one run over hurdles, achieving an RPR of 60. True great of the game. What a horse. What a stallion. Yeah, I can't argue with any of what you've just said there, mate. I mean, <laughs> the National Hunt sphere would be a very, very, very different place if it wasn't for Franco. Uh, <laughs> Sam Owens, what about you, bud? Uh, I've gone for quite a personal one, as I used to work for John Mont, and that's Expert Eye. Um, probably one that you were thinking, but um, he was the first foe I looked after and he, that won a Group 1, a Breeders' Cup mile. Um, and he was like a naughty kid at school. He was, um, one day he was absolutely chilled, and then the next day he wanted to knock you out. AJ would have been proud <laughs> of him. Um, so, yeah, expert eye for me. 
I, I was thinking along them lines as well. I was thinking expert eye, but I thought that might be too niche. Yeah. Were you happy to see his little brother win yesterday? Yeah, static. Good old eyewitness getting off the mark in a bumper. And it was. Did you say the, the first fall you looked after for Godolphin ran yesterday, Sam? Uh, no, I just won one of the falls I looked after at Wild Hunt. Um, ran terribly in the nice bumper. With a pedigree like that, you expect it to be running in a derby, really. But <laughs> First time out in a bumper, it's shocking. They can't all be good, can they? No, not at all. They can't all be good. Uh, Joe Tuffin, what about you, mate? I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, so you, you already know who I'm going to say, so I might as well just crack on with the rest of it. Um, obviously Enable, by a country might. I don't write. I basically, I don't know if this is because I I just smashed starters' orders for like the last four or five years of my life, <laughs> and like just got a massive buzz off like sending horses to every corner of the world to win obscure races. But for me, flat racing is it's about just basically going abroad, scooping loads of prize money, beating other horses from around the world, and it's not about staying in the UK winning races that you can uh, always win, Alert Frankel. So. Stable, she went to Ireland, easy. Obviously, England dominated England. France, pretty much what she's most known for, bar obviously the two on, two races we won't talk about. And then just obviously, uh, you know, the cherry on top, beating the Yanks in their own backyard, does not get better than that. Won 11 million in prize money. Best CV of a horse I've seen since I've been into racing. It's... About, about as easy as that, I think. It's it's obvious, actually. I'll go as far as to say it's obvious. It's enabled. Thing is, I, I, I know I know people like this, but I'm, I've I just never really got caught up in the enable hype. But Ooh, what I'm gonna get, what I'm, blimey! She's a fine, 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 fine racehorse. One of the best I've ever seen. But again, I just didn't have the emotional connection there but the fact that Joe mentioned that it's always fun to beat Americans in America is what gets him full points there yeah. uh, <laughs> Jimbo what about you mate well a few listeners of the podcast will know that um, my first proper race meeting was in 2010 at York Racecourse for the Judmont International in which Rip Van Winkle beats the very valiant twice over and he is going to be my favourite of all time of Khalid Abdullah. I followed his career. I look back on his form and you think, God, he was really, really rock solid. Um, eight grade one wins, eight times placed in grade ones, won the champion stakes when it was at Newmarket twice. Um, he had such a good career until he went to stud and he was an absolute flop. But we'll forget about that because he was retired at the same time as Frankel and he went off to South Africa. Meanwhile, Franco flopped while he was in England, um, went to Maidan and won on Dubai World Cup night in the Al Maktoum Challenge when the ground uh, when it was on to Peter, I think, if we go back to it. Um, and he was just such an admirable horse, tried every time, consistent, uh, one of Henry Cecil's most consistent horses, uh, barring the obvious. And for me, twice over is a forgotten horse because he always ran so well and for that reasoning, he's up there for me. I agree. I absolutely love Twice Over. I've given everyone four marks for that round, which renders it utterly pointless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this game's scoring system is on point. 
not often on this card. I don't think I ever will be ever again. Uh, we'll move on to question number four. Uh, this is especially relevant to Dan. Uh, oh, Coco Beach ruined everyone's Cheltenham Festival by going and having the cheek to win the Fiestes and handicap himself out of the race he was actually meant to win, which was the Kim Muir, but no matter who crosses the line in first, Coco Beach will be the moral winner of the Kim Muir this year. Uh, what's the best example of a horse turning up in a race you really didn't want them to? Uh, Jimbo, you're up first here, pal. Well, listeners of the podcast last year will have known in early November last year, uh, mine and Lewis's little campaign trail to get Honeysuckle to run in the champion hurdle. Well, how times have turned because this year she's certainly looking like she's going to head that way. But we were all on at 40 to 1, weren't we, Lewis? We had the listeners. They were all ready, getting ready to queue up and accept that 40 to 1. And she ran in the mare's hurdle. What, why, or oh, why, or oh, why? Uh, ruined my Cheltenham, really. And for that reason, I wish she never ran in that race. And I wish she ran in the champion hurdle because she would have won that as well. Oh, mate. I, it's, 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 I'm still scared as well. I'm, I'm still scared from having a 40 to 1 slip. Uh, on Honeysuckle to win the champion hurdle and then backing Benny De Gere to beat her in the mares. Exactly. I did exactly the same. And for that reason, <laughs> I, I still hold that Double whammy. Oh, I almost hold a grudge with that as much as I do with champ beating Manila Endo. Oh, mate, it was an absolute <laughs> sickener, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I, we, we were on that one together. A Cheltenham to forget. A Cheltenham to forget. Yeah. And I'm not sure whether Dan was the same as Oaks. I'm, I'm doing something very similar to Dan, but for racing tips. But uh, I had my Mare's Hurdle preview written uh, with Honeysuckle as the pick for them to then announce two days before, oh, no, we're not going to go there. Thinking, no, no, bad typing. I've got to put up black tears at 33 to 1 each way instead. Uh, Dan, what about you, bud? Oh, mate, honestly, I think Cocoa Beach is giving me PTSD these days. I mean, <laughs> I had some guy literally tweet me a few days ago, out of the blue, no reason, said, hi, Dan, are you gutted that Cocoa Beach was not <laughs> running in the Kim Muir seeing as you tipped him? It was a few days ago. I was like, where's that come from? And what do you even say? I was like, yeah, I'm thrilled. <laughs> honestly, I have no idea why. I don't even know what I replied to him. I was probably brought up all, bad, all kinds of bad memories again. Oh, Jesus. Well, I need to forget him. Uh, so, so back to the question after I've had my little therapy session. <laughs> so mine's not one like I fancied for another race or anything like that. But I'm just going back to that Roaring Bulls winning the whatever number Paddy Power chase that was back in the day. I mean, I don't even know which one of the many they sponsor it was. And that infamous Jerry Hannon commentary thing. But two reasons I'm not a fan of him running there. Firstly, I backed Fitzhenry, who finished second. And second, that race seemed to like permanently raise Jerry Hannon's vocal cords up to levels not previously known possible. Like there was a six month period after that race where maiden hurdles were getting screamed home and he was bolting up by 20 lengths, but you'd have thinking he was watching the best race you'd ever see. Like I just think he set such a high standard for himself. Like in the following months, he couldn't quite live up to it and he couldn't let it go. But that isn't good for your health. Like he was overly excited over too many races in those following months. And I, I love him as a commentator. I want him around for longer. But I think those few months took about 15 years off his life expectancy. So if we could just have that back, I'd have my winner. And Jerry Allen would be around for about 15 years longer to commentate. <laughs> I, I love the fact that he always just gives you a mention. Even if he's going to be stone last or pulled up, 
or even if he's got no chance of winning the race, he always got to mention. He ran today, and he, I, think yeah. he, I think he finished about 12th or something like that, 13th. But he still managed to get him just before he finished. He still managed <laughs> to say his name, as if he's yeah, slightly he, obsessed with him. He was tailing off at the time, but there was up to the third fence, I think, he was tailing off. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he still lo- managed to say his name. <laughs> he loves him. He loves him, bless him. I feel, I feel like Jerry Hannon is the Mike Dean of commentators. If you know what I mean. <laughs> not not in that he's not in that he's, he's a Roman, but in terms of <laughs> Jerry Hannon, celebrity. Hopefully he doesn't get death threats. Yeah, no, no. That's that no one gets death threats, to be brutally honest. <laughs> yeah, isn't it, Jimmy? Jesus Christ, that turned dark, didn't it? <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sam Owens, please cheer us all up. Um... Well, I'm not going to probably cheer you up, but I've got one for the answer. Uh, mine was Raven Hill in last year's National Hunt Chase. Oh, God, not um, another one. Oh, I, hell. I got told all year from my Irish mate, it's going to the Kim Muir, JJ's going to be riding it, get on. Got, got on at big prices, did a lucky 15. Um, three of them had won on the week, and the last one was obviously on him. Last week, uh, last week before the festival... The owners change their mind, go national hunt, and absolutely bolts up. It was just heartbreaking. Fair shout. That was another bit of a plot job last season as well, wasn't it? There were rumours about Ravenhill for the Kim. You were all over Twitter. Yeah. I remember in the run-up to Cheltenham last season. Yeah, I'm sure you weren't the only one there, Sam. But it's a really, really good shout. Uh, Joe Tuffin, what about you, bud? Uh, mine is sticking with my beloved uh, Enable, and um, there'll be people listening to this going, just shut the fuck up about Enable, Joe. <laughs> But um, mine would be uh, Rollgeist in the arc of which it won because, as it's been well documented, I make the uh, pilgrimage over to Paris via car for the race. And uh, as has also been well documented, I was sitting on a delicious 22 to 1 anti-post uh, on a naval basically to win, along with a win in the King George and the Eclipse. Um, needless to say, the money had been counted. Uh, was in my back pocket and was being spent the night before um, on beautiful, beautiful wine in Paris. Um, I thought Volgeist was probably going to be the main threat, so I did back it each way. Uh, and then, obviously, we all know what happened. And I had to come home and um, I had to sell my Xbox, because I didn't have any money, <laughs> uh, which had every single edition of FIFA, from FIFA 09 through to FIFA 16, along with all the Call of Duties from Modern Warfare, um, and a fair few other odd games. Uh, I had to sell that, only got about £40 for it. I had to do overtime at the pub because I spent all my money on French wine, which was money that I didn't even have. Um, <laughs> really wasn't a very good few months, actually, to be honest. <laughs> but, really pulling on them heartstrings here, Christ. <laughs> hey, give him a bonus point. We need want, to get him you cheered up. <laughs> yeah. I want to give you a hug. <laughs> uh, yeah. It is a great weekend, Paris. The more I talk about it, and just sort of, yeah, like I really had to put a graft in at the pub after that weekend because I suppose it's foolish of me, and you should never uh, spend your money until it's, you know, until it's actually won. But look, it was a hard lesson. But I do, I do despise uh, with a burning passion, Rolgeist, and I always will. <laughs> and I hope he has a terrible career at stud. <laughs> 
I, 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 I hope he's well in himself. But I really, really wish a bad, bad time of things for him. I, t- I tell you what, these drop offs are slowly turning into therapy sessions. I, I'm, they I'm are. really struggling. <laughs> if any of you want to just give me a call after, I'd really appreciate that. Just like man to man sort of thing about it. But for two pounds a month, you can help Joe. <laughs> I don't even want to say his name, but him, him and that race. The yeah, if if anyone has UNICEF's number, please get up bell to him and tell him he's got a lad that needs helping. <laughs> I don't think they're equipped enough to help him. I think he's long gone. <laughs> how what? How far back did the FIFA stretch to Joe? Uh, FIFA 09, mate. Uh, oh no. Oh. Yeah, FIFA. And the the most annoying thing is the guy at CES when he gave me the slip of how much it would come back. I said it was like forty quid. And I thought. Do you understand how insulting that actually is? <laughs> I came to you basically groveling for money here, and I gave you enough entertainment for a good month here, and he just he looks me dead in the eyes and just says forty quid. <laughs> it was horrible. It didn't even cover the cost of anything from that weekend. But two track <laughs> music, magpie. <laughs> I'm just I'm just jealous of Joe getting to play with his own team on FIFA. <laughs> one day one day town will go up what uh, aye I think you might be waiting a while Pat what honest. division are they in alright less of this no, but it only one below we're, 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 we're in the playoffs last year we'll have less of this we touched the sensitive topic there didn't we it is and our central midfielder has currently got an injury so don't disrespect us alright have you only got one our oh, central midfielder. There's only one of them. <laughs> we have more, but there's a special one. On behalf of West Ham, we'll loan you Mark Noble for the rest of the season. How about that? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, good <laughs> shout. <laughs> oh, again, it's another high-scoring round there, boys. Uh, we're at the halfway mark. I need to do some maths. Sam's got uh, 21. Jim's at, Jim has 19. Joe has 14, Dan has 23. That's probably wrong, but that's what I'm going to roll with. Uh, <laughs> poor, poor Joe's just emptied his heart to you, and you've given it on 14. <laughs> you give it I'm, I'm sick of it, Dad. I'm off now. Have a good rest of the call. I'm sick of this. It's clearly big. I've literally just opened up to you all there. And that's the sick of hearing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where I've got. I might have done some maths wrong, but... Uh, Unfortunately, I can't undo my iPhone notes page, which is the high-tech scoring system we currently yeah. roll with. Uh, question number five, boys. This might be quite fun. Uh, Charles Burns was given a six-month ban for his negligence hmm. surrounding the doping of Viking Hod. That's not fun. Uh, Burns landed another gamble at the Dublin Racing Festival earlier this month with the fittingly named Off You Go. So which other owner, trainer or jockey is associated with a horse who has a name that could be applied to them as well? Sam, you're your first, mate. Oh, what a question. Um, well, I've gone for... Well, I've got two, actually. Um, George Baker's got a horse called George Baker, so that's what I need to <laughs> Um And then my second one was... Um, we have a horse, a mare that I look after at the moment, called Hand Puppet. And um, she was trained by the great genius of Andre Fab, 
And if you ever seen an interview with Andre Farb, he never moves, his mouth only moves, and he just reminds me of a hand puppet. Like, <laughs> just see the video, and it's just him standing there, even like with the racing blogger. He doesn't, only his mouth moves, and I just think that is literally just a puppet. Like, he shows no emotion, but he, the guy is a genius. He, he is a genius. Maybe it was Blogger's hand doing the work. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of racing blogger, who's the bigger fan of Enable, Joe or racing blogger? That was a great video. It's, it, it, a, a fan would not miss the whole entire race. Just, <laughs> yeah, honest. I want to say it's got, it's got, to, it's you, got to be the man who actually watched her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we can give you that title. That, that's Twitter bio worthy. <laughs> No, it's it's a very fair shout as well because I've I've never noticed that before. But I, I'm I'm only gonna ever be looking out for it now. Whenever I watch Andre Farb, you've put something there that I'll be still be looking for in ten years' time. That's the only thing you'll be. Yeah, he rarely goes in on interviews, but when he does, check it out. He hates me. Farb the puppet. Good shout, Sam. Uh, Jimbo, what about you, mate? Last season, we all know Sir Mark Prescott does a very, 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 very good job with handicapping his horses, running them over seven furlongs and then banging them out over two miles. Now, a horse that did that last season and ended up going off favourite for uh, the Doncaster Cup was a horse called Revolver. Now, the man on board is also known as the sniper, Luke Morris, and that is where my tedious link goes into that one. Um, Both are guns and both shoot things. And um, we're stumbling here. And he, he... fiddled the arse off it, let's just say that. Did, did you expect to get good points for that, Anthony Jim, or did you go into it unconfident? When, when I first wrote it down, I thought, crikey, I'm a genius. And then the more, <laughs> <laughs> the more I wrote it, the, the more I spoke about it just then, the more I thought, we're scraping the barrel there, are we? <laughs> I think you were struggling when the phrase, they both shoot things, comes out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was a, not a, that was a stumbling point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was a better answer than than what it actually sounded like. I enjoyed it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, you will get some points, Jim. Uh, I'll give you that. Just uh, no, no. Well done for uh, getting Giant. that right, though. Joe, what about you, bud? I've uh, got, a, got a pretty simple one, really, and I, I respect the guy a lot, and I think he's one of the best things to happen to the... Uh, to the sport, so if on the off chance Oshie Murphy's listening to this, I mean no offence, but it will have to be uh, his Chibi Park Stakes winner alcohol free (laughs) (laughs) Uh, purely off the fact that it could not be more ironic, have any of you ever watched when he went on Look on Sunday, I can't remember what year it would be but if if any of you can find that I know obviously there's the obvious link of him being banned, but um, yeah I think there's there's a Look on Sunday where he's so clearly pissed like he can't even he can't even remember like the Tin Man's name. He's really really staggering trying to get it out. Sure, he'd been on it the night before. So yeah, it would have to be Oshin Murphy and alcohol free. Sorry, <laughs> you're a top top bloke. That is a top 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 shout as well. Absolutely brilliant, uh, Dan. Overall, what about you, buddy? Right, so I've took Nicky Anderson out for a nice evening earlier. So I think <laughs> I've earned the right to have one a dig at him. So he, there's a decent novice he trained last season. I think he was declared this weekend called Pipe Smoker. 
Um, so given the season he's had, I think it wouldn't be unfair to say that there might be something a bit wacky in that pipe he's been smoking. <laughs> <laughs> like, we had the argument with Lydia Hislop about the ground. We've got no races to run champion, and now he's running in the game spirit over two miles. Like, <laughs> what the hell has been going on there? So, the love you, Nikki. Like, the hotel room's still on me. You've, that's bank. Don't you worry about that. But put the pipe down, mate. Put it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic answer. Uh, I'd have given you a bonus point if you'd have just said the word bong. Because I like the word. Uh, <laughs> it's the simple pleasures. It really it is. is, yeah. Bong is a fantastic what word. What happens if I say bang bang? Does that make me get any more points for my gun reference? Uh, no, bang is as good as bong. Oh, no. That's probably made me lose a point. No, no, I'm not going to be that harsh, Jim. I'm not going to be that harsh. It's Valentine's Day. It's all about love. It's all about love and kindness. And answering this question as well. Uh, in honour of me and Dan having been cruelly denied a well deserved dead eight victory in Tipstar. <laughs> Bastard Sky Pirate. Uh, I want to know when did someone not winning actually end up working out for the best? Uh, Joe, you're up first for this one, mate. Uh, this is going to be some serious aftertiming, really. Um, but A. Ali, uh, obviously, as a two year old, won three Group Twos. Went to the States and bombed out, sadly. Came 10th out of 12. And then he came back as a three-year-old, ran on the all-weather first time out in a group three in the, was it the Pavilion Stakes? Yeah. It was. And he came eighth. And then he lined up in a group three next time out, and he was 12 to one. And now, to this day, I mean, I I backed the living daylights out of him, so that was nearly, nearly made back all the enable and upset, really. But... uh, the, him losing at Newcastle badly on the all-weather, a surface that he's, he's never even ran on, him getting beaten at 3-1, to one, inflated his price so much, the Tory back on board, 12-1 to one in the Coral Charge, was was printing money. And I know that sounds like after timing, and I do apologise. But it would have to be that one for me. I can allow it. I can allow it, because it was, it was a forgivable enough run, wasn't it? So, it was over six furlongs yeah, His best form came over five. He got stuffed over six furlongs on the all-weather, first time out for the season as a three-year-old. And he's 12-1 to one next time out. It was a baffling price, that, for me. So, it would be that. It makes me feel worse that I backed him for the King's Stand. He then didn't turn up. And then I forgot that he was running in that race. And back last July, and he beat him. <laughs> even, even better. Oh, it's a story of our life, isn't it, Watson? Story Second of our life. Uh, Dan Overall, what about you, mate? I mean, we had Coco Beach, now we had Tipstar Finals. Like, all I'm now thinking about are these grey horses and Silver Streak, if he didn't have to do the slalom in that international hurdle. <laughs> I could have I won that bloody thing, but here we are, and this is where I've ended up in life, so we'll go with it. <laughs> well, like JLS, mate, I don't think they won, did they? <laughs> no, it's true, yeah. Yeah, no, that doesn't make me feel any better at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You'll see one of them singing dresses of Robin last night. That's a path wear on for fuck, you know. God, please, no. I might have to take a swig of my drink and choke on it, and that might be a preferable end. <laughs> <laughs> but in the spirit of Tipstar, I think let's take it back to 2016, when a relatively young racing blogger was a finalist. 
And he was a three to one favourite. You could back him on Coral at three to one. And these were the glory days, I think, of Blogger, when he had those topless modelling pictures on his profile <laughs> near enough every day. Like, that's what I consider to be. I, I wasn't even really on. I didn't even make my Twitter account back then. But that's what I remember of vintage Blogger. But who would have, who knows what would happen if he won that? Like, we could have had Blogger turn into like a proper television pundit. <laughs> we all know that is not what should have happened or what we need in our lives. So the weird kind of blogger who still tips up jollies, distance bets, occasionally puts out some good French content, but other than that, is generally still laughed at most of the time. That's the blogger I'm happy with in our lives, and I can only say thank God he didn't win Tipster. <laughs> here, That's here. romping out here. here That's here. fantastic. Too much baby sharking and steak and wine. That's all I've got to say about blogger. <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't. Uh, I can't say I follow him. I can't say I follow him. I do enjoy the the uh, Waitrose money video. <laughs> that is a guilty pleasure. That is a good one. That's that's worth a smile every time you see it. But yeah, we can't be having we can't have been having him as a serious as a serious pundit, unfortunately. Although to be fair, some of the things he does come out with are a good laugh at. He, he don't take himself too seriously, so I can't be being too harsh. Uh, Jimbo, really balance. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's it's a it's a balance, isn't it? Uh, what's a mate? Be- before I start mine, I think we should try and get blogger on here. Should we try and get blogger <laughs> to do a bit of jocked off? What do you reckon? He'd love it. We'd have to pay him, wouldn't we? Though. Oh yeah, no, no, that stuff. We could do a paid special. Who else? Who else? Oh, that's not good. I'm not lying. You, um, you've suggested that, Jim. By the way, you've suggested that, so it'd be your money that I'd be getting stumped up on. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That we'll, we'll do it if Lost in Translation wins the Gold Cup. Let's just say that you won't be uh, doing it then. Not getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is the ride that Davy Russell gives Sia de Burley. Uh, in that Potemps handicap the first time round at Christmas in 2018. Uh, it was a beautifully skilled ride that set him up for a lovely weight in the 2019 uh, Potemps race where he won by a neck. I thought it was inch perfect. He sort of, they sort of did the same again within the year after, uh, but it made him Aidan Coleman's job this time to steer him into the first six home. It's a race I despise, so it pains me slightly to to give a bit of credit for it. But the, the shithousery of finishing sixth uh, is superb, and that set him up to two-time potential glory, which, for that, you have to be appreciated. Fair shout, Jim. Fair shout. Yeah, he did, he did a really good job to get him into sixth that day. Because he's not, he's not really done much else that season, really. Had he? he came over for, to, uh, for the Warwick trail as well, didn't he? Yeah. If, if I'm correct, and uh, I couldn't be having him. I don't think he wins the Stairs this year either, although... To be fair, I didn't think he was going to win the Potemps last year either. This is far too serious for a jocked up episode. I'm talking about form once again. That should be banned. Uh, Sam, what uh, about you, mate? Mine was after last year's Lingfield Derby trial. Um, I put a little tweet out saying, uh, I don't think English King's that great and he's a terrible price for the Derby. And um, I got a lot of stick for it and people saying I should lose my job. Amazing how insulting they get by one tweet. Um, And uh, it was an absolute pleasure to see him come like a fifth in the derby and be useless ever since. So that was mine. That deserves a promotion. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) 
away one performance, don't they? That's the problem. People were saying you should lose your job over that. Yeah. So drastic, isn't it? Oh, it's a good, jo- it's a good job they don't listen to Turf Talk because some of my controversial opinions, heavens above. <laughs> uh, you can't see. Was, yesterday, yesterday, I said on Twitter that I think it's a bit harsh that people are mean to Ryan Moore. And I had someone disagree with me going, no, we should expect it. <laughs> what? How was that a controversial opinion? I was be nice to people. A yeah, controversial I, opinion. He so says. Just ten, uh, just ten seconds later, after having a minor dig at racing blogger, uh, <laughs> the only the only one that would have scored about twenty points in here, the horse losing that ended up doing uh, that ended up being best of its career, sh- big bucks unseated in the Hennessy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Four marks. Imagine if he stays on his feet and then he's just a half decent, hundred and sixty rated, you know. Uh, chaser along the lines of Sam Winner. You know what I mean? He was the greatest of his discipline of all time because he couldn't jump a fence properly. Uh, into the last two questions. Oh, it's been a high scoring one today as well. Joe's, in, Joe's got 22, and that's still a really, really decent score. Uh, Jim's on 26, Sam's on 29, down though absolutely romping clear at the minute on 35. Two questions left. Uh, and we're coming to Dan for this one first. It's I got a double whammy last week of my Twitter feed being full of sports that I don't give a shite about, with there being some rugby union on and the Super Bowl being on. Everyone else was buzzing. I didn't care. Uh, but when in racing, did you feel everyone else was more excited for something than you were? Yeah, what was that about? Especially the Super Bowl ones. Like everyone came out of the woodwork, and all of a sudden, they're loyal fans who've been following it all season. I don't know Pete from anyone since, but hey oh, here we are. That's the world we live in. Uh, so for me, obviously, I'm, I'm pretty much jumps only, really. So every Royal Ascot, really, I think we have a massive deal to it, and that's going to rile a few people up, and I absolutely love it. But it, is it really like as special as people make out to be? Like yeah. I see a lot of people saying on the flat, as an argument for the flat being better than the jumps, that we have high-quality meetings every month and you see good races all the time. And that is absolutely bang on. So in theory, Royal Ascot is just another week, but with suits and top hats. Like, if you think about it in that sense, like you wouldn't see me rocking up to the October meeting in Chepstow with a cane and a monocle. So <laughs> really, like, I just don't see the appeal. And for anyone who's properly triggered by that feel free to direct your anger at me and also remember the tongue is slightly in my cheek as I say this so let I've, I've already said enough dodgy things on this show so please please be kind afterwards <laughs> I like a real bad that no, I'd say my tongue isn't in my cheek when I say I agree completely. I'd, I'd, I, if I were, if I were the world's biggest, well, I enjoy the racing of Royal Ascot, but it's all the fannying around. You know what I mean? It's half racing, half fannying around. It's like, it's, you know the ball on Shrek? When they get married? Yeah. It's like that, but with some horse racing. Oh no. Give me the e-ball meeting every day, lads. Have you, you ever had an afternoon me. tea, Lewis? Let's just answer that question. You want some, pal? Have you ever had an afternoon tea? They don't do that at the horsey pub. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> Lovely response. It's Stella or Carlsberg. We'll get the hell out. <laughs> I'm, I'm 22 years old next month. I don't know how to do a tie. <laughs> I think that's answered fact. that question. Yeah, it won't. It it won't be for me. If you ever, Jesus Christ, something has gone badly wrong. If you ever see me wearing a top hat, uh, Sam, what about you, pal? You have a top hat on in uh, sometimes, don't you? Yeah, I go to Royal Ascot, um, but I do prefer Cheltenham Festival any day of the week. So, hey, um, that's what we like to hear. For me, it's January racing. I absolutely hate it. It's so boring. It's always cancelled. Just get rid of it. Just have Christmas racing and have um, and then have Dublin Festival. I'll just get rid of January altogether as racing. It's just boring for me. Paul uh, Nichols would agree as well. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, So, yeah, I'll just get rid of January racing altogether, give everyone a break and have just decent racing on. Well, you could get rid of January racing and then February racing and April racing and May racing. Yeah. And all the other years, apart from March, and Nicky would be buzzing. <laughs> I'll probably be and there really would be no other races to run champion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd be some laugh if he goes and wins the game spirit now. It would be some laugh. Uh, champion chase. Oh, oh, I'd love it so much. <laughs> oh, LTR beats him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe Tuffin, what about you, mate? Uh, mine would be literally whenever Batash runs. <laughs> oh, you quite clearly yes. don't know the crowd here, Joe. Nice. The most underwhelming horse to ever exist. The most overhyped horse to ever exist. And whenever it runs, it's just like the same. Wow, this is the quickest horse of all time. You know when it won that King George Qatar States thing at Goodwood, and everyone was like, "Oh, he smashed the clock." <laughs> 50 to 1 or Nate in third also beat the the previous standing record, right? Okay, so everyone just needs to, it's just a quick horse over five furlongs, and there's no good, there's no competition at all. So he just keeps winning. It's so underwhelming all the time. He'll just win the same sort of, and then everyone, oh, he's, he's a bit better this year, he's a bit more chilled out this year. <laughs> Fantastic. It's still a race that's going to be over in a flash. He's still running against the same donkeys all the time. Oh, I find him so underwhelming, me. I know people get behind him a lot, but he's not even... Blue Point was better. Blue Point, he beat it. Yeah, of course he was better. He was so much better. Like, he's beat him enough times to show that, and no one talks about that. But yeah, as soon as you put up a stop watching Batash and people lose their minds because he's ran a mildly quick race in a group two against handicappers. <laughs> Batmobile just, just mentioned every time as well. Like, you can do over-under on Batmobile references and oh, get yeah. market up on the day. Oh, geez, that Jeez. Batmobile. What do you mean, Batmobile? How old are you? Come on, what? <laughs> Eight years old. What is he in Batmobile for? Just, just very distantly in the background, I think you can hear the tears of Lewis and his single interest in flat racing. <laughs> no, I enjoy it because again, it's it's something I get buzzing for, and I like that Joe hates him. <laughs> yeah, and just not for me in the slightest. I'm trying to pull up a stat as well from Ah Ego. Here it is. When he won something, someone said 11 wins from 21 races, that takes some doing. And it's, that's what, someone, I can't remember who said that, it could have been Francesca said that after one of his wins. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, it takes some doing. 
in the last 10 years, Blue Point, Marsha and Mecca's Angel all have the exact same strike rate as that. Literally no one's saying that Mecca's Angel is Batmobile or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Just so overhyped. So painfully overhyped. Never get into it. Got to be Bash. I mean, you have said you have said about his strike rate, but you do know if they all turned up at the best, you would beat them all. No, well, why did he not beat Blue Point then? Because <laughs> <laughs> you want at his best. Oh. <laughs> right. Okay. So when the wind is blowing in a certain direction, and Batash has woken up at a correct time, and he's had certain amount of food, and everything is going his way, he wins. Well. Yeah, that does tend to happen with sport when everything goes your way, but he's got to do it when it's not his day, and he doesn't. He comes last. As <laughs> <laughs> easy as that. Do you know what? I'm going to have to give you full marks for that, Joe. Yes, it Absolutely is. belting, Joe. <laughs> Absolutely belting, because you've put me in my place. Uh, Jimbo, what about you, bud? Now, I know this is really, really dangerous with a man who works for Godolphin that is in this chat, <laughs> but Pinatubu. I'm sorry. He, I never, ever got the hype with him. You could quite clearly see he was only going to be a two-year-old. And don't give me all that bollocks that he was going to win in France that time because he never got the Persian king. I'm not having none of that shit. He wasn't as good as what he was. And I lured myself into the trap of two down hot the year before. And I'd learnt from that lesson that some horses are just two-year-olds. And going into that three-year-old career, I just knew he was going to flop. And I had so much satisfaction with him doing that. And for that reason, it's Pinatubo. No Do you think it was a better three-year-old than Two Down Hot? No. Because Two Down Hot sort of got injured at the wrong time. Because I feel that Breeders' Cup Mile, even though that neither of them went to it, if they were to put into a virtual race as a three-year-old, Two Down Hot would absolutely spank him. I agree. I think he was a two-year-old. The others really caught up with him. And I, I do think that both of them will be good stallions and make some nice horses, though. Yeah, I agree. They, they both will be very good stallions, but they were both were shite three-year-olds in comparison to what they were at two. Yeah, do you know what? I can have it. I can, I can, I can allow that, Jimmy. So it's a fair enough shout. Were you not at all buzzing at the start of the season for him? You did. did, did you got one of the stallions old enough to turn him over in the Guineas. You are. Was that, your, was that your shout into the Guineas? Were you on the Arizona hype train? Uh, no, I was King Ross, wasn't I? I was oh, yeah, shit, that went well. And I'm still currently hanging on to one thread to his shite runs in Maidan. Oh, give up on him. Jesus. Yeah. Time to go. Yeah. It's, 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 thank God for the turf talk 12 doing my over jumps because I genuinely don't think we could have done any worse than we did on the flat. My future, you know, future group one winning a Three-year-old Satono Japan couldn't even win a novice at Wolverhampton on his first start of the season. And that was after the season had even finished. I waited all the way till October to see him out. Thought, oh, had him in mind, oh, this will be a, a good late season three-year-old. He'll win the voltage and then he might even go on and be an arc horse. You don't see him till October and he gets his arse handed to him at Wolverhampton. Absolute nightmare. Uh, it's been high scoring today as we go into the last question. Uh, Dan. Has the lead on 38, Sam on 33, James and Joe on 29 and 27. I say it's, it's just been a really, really, really good set of answers from everyone. Jim only got 19 last, uh, the last show we did. So that's, that's, that, that's a good bit of proof of how strong today has been. 
the final question though is basing and I'm not someone who's in racing but it's a fun question anyway uh, Sean Dyche gave a belting press conference last week where he talked about his love of the lucky likey game which is something who's been as someone who's like you know worked for a football club and being in, in away hotels is definitely something that, that almost every football club do on an away day in a hotel but who is racing's best celebrity lookalike uh, Jim don't say yourself and Mark Labette <laughs> I do get that quite a bit um, Wreck-It Ralph Wreck-It wreck Ralph <laughs> Anything that's really big, tall and hairy Sort of relates to me So bearing the big blue house I've had quite a bit um, <laughs> Which I think you've called me that Lou for quite a few months If I, if I don't forget that right? But back to the subject <laughs> um, I don't know what to want to I've got four But I don't know what to go with um, I think my best is going to be Andrea Atzani and Mr. B. They've got the same eyes. And, 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 and I don't think it gets recognised enough that his mannerisms are slightly like Mr. Bean as well. And, well, yeah, I, Teddy. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think next time we're on a race course, I might, and he's coming in on a grade one winner, for example. Instead of people throwing flowers at him or throwing racing posts up in the air, should all throw a teddy bear up in the air for him. <laughs> I like it, mate. I can see it completely. And if you could hear me chuckling away in the background, it is because I am currently looking at photos of the bear in the big blue house. What an absolute <laughs> legend that man is. Do I get points <laughs> for, being, for, for looking like the bear in the big blue house? No, because you don't really, though. That's the thing. In, Bastard. I understand why. I understand why you do, but in the same way. I don't think you could, like, steal his identity. The, if, green, if, gi- the green Giant from the Sweet Corn adverts, I used to get that a lot. I Not that you really walk around in a corn outfit, though. You know what I mean? If, if Andrea Atzani, like, if they replaced Rowan Atkinson, I don't think I'd clock for about 20 seconds. You know what I mean? Whereas I would realise that it was you presenting Ben and the Blue Blue House. <laughs> Almost, probably within about ten. It take that long. <laughs> so it doesn't seem right here. Uh, uh, Dan Overall, what about you, mate? I mean, I didn't have four to go on. This is what I struggle the most, but I'll send... I've just got to send a couple of pictures just so you can see what I'm seeing, but... Harry Whittington looks like the Milky Bar kid who's had a very hard life. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and like, even in some of those adverts, he had some great horsemanship, did the Milky Bar kid. So I think there's a case to be made that it actually might be him, to be fair. Like, even the, the muscles around the, the mouth are the same. The way they smile, it's quite uncanny, really. But I think that's great. The more I look at it, the more I'm impressed with myself and Harry Whittington. I've never, I've never seen it. I've never seen it before, but he's absolutely spot on. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, he is. He's a grown-up Milky Bar kid. Oh my days! That's a fair shout. The Milky Bars haven't been on him for a while, to be fair. Although he got one the other day, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he's back. He's back Just with a bang. First win since November, I think. Something like that. Back with a bang. Good lad, Harry. 
well done to you and good shout Dan again uh, Sam Owens what about you Buff? Um, I've just got the one and it's Robert Edry um, trainer small trainer in Newmarket and he looks like Matt Lucas Let's have a look. Yeah, I can't say I know what Robert Edry looks like, so I'm going to have to have a little Google. Have a look at that. <laughs> Superb. He does. He looks like a, he looks like um, a Matt Lucas who works out a bit. <laughs> He's not got a neck, has he, Robert Edry? <laughs> he looks like a thumb. That's, this podcast. that's even that's that's the most offensive thing anyone said on this podcast so far. Oh, there's been a lot of abuse towards Nicky Henderson. Surely that's nowhere near. No, but we don't we don't say it looks like a thumb. <laughs> I can see it, Sam. I can see the Matt Lucas uh, reference. And uh, Robert, if you do listen to this, it's at James underscore Watson ninety eight. <laughs> Uh, finally, Joel, round us off, please, mate. Uh, I'm just going to send in the images here. I know, obviously, the listeners can't, but... We'll pop them, we'll pop them out for everyone to know. Benefit. Um, mine is, and someone pointed this out to me on Twitter, and I've not been able to really unsee it since. Uh, and again, Fergal O'Brien, I think you're a brilliant man, and you do a brilliant job with Unida Vesenia, um, Millennium Racing Club's horse, get involved. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that shout-out. Little plug, uh, but Doctor Evil, or who is more known for the the meme, if you Google Doctor Evil, the one where he's got his finger to his mouth meme. Fergal O'Brien is a spitting image of him. I, I'm I'm convinced of it. And you look at those images in the chat. Maybe it's just because they're bold and they have similar facial expressions occasionally. But Doctor Evil from the Austin Powers movies and Fergal O'Brien are very lookalikey. So that would be mine. Yeah, it's a very, very, very fair shout. I will also give a bonus point just because I I enjoy the absolute cheek of uh, promoting your arse on the podcast. Yeah. It's exactly the sort of thing me and Watson would do. Can I, Can I also add my honourable mentions in, please? Um, it is another uh, Millennium Racing uh, trainer. Yeah, and I've just sent them into the chat. <laughs> I think he looks like R nine Ronaldo. <laughs> Ollie Murphy and Fat Ronaldo. Yeah, I can see similarities between them two. Um, my other one, uh, my other one was Mark Johnson and Cricket Head. Um, they, <laughs> they look identical, um, but I, th- I thought I wanted someone outside of racing. And my last one is I ain't got any pictures, but I'll have to find them. I think that Mike Catamol looks like Bill Clinton. <laughs> I really, I really put time and effort into this question. Can you all tell? Um, I, 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 Mike Catamol just has the look of the look of Bill Clinton. That's my only reasoning. We'll put all the pictures out on Twitter that we are talking about. Uh, so that people can, what about the Deirdre Barlow Ollie Bell one? Yeah, I can see that. If you're not getting full marks for this Mark Johnson comparison, I've sat here hissing myself at this. That is a spit, isn't it? Yeah. Cricket Head and Mark Johnson do look the same. When they've got the glasses on, they do look the same. <laughs> it's crazy that as a shout. Bang on, actually. That's full marks, that. I know it's a bit of a dictatorship round here and not a democracy, but I'm going <laughs> to get full marks here. 
Oh, I, di- I didn't say I, I didn't say I want a corrupt dictator. Right. How much money do you require then, Lewis? Oh, mate, I'll I'll do all for the right price. You know me. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see it, Jim. I can see it. I mean, you you're bound to score some points with the amount of people you've said. Uh, if you'd have carried on for an hour, I'm sure you'd have it. You know, it summit right once. Uh, <laughs> oh, that dig hurt. No, you're right. You're right. Although I don't quite see Mike Catterall and Bill Clinton. They've both just got the same colour hair. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Maybe that one took more time. We're all right, though. We're all right. As we move on to the final scores, it's been a very, very strong showing today from everyone. You know, people have scored enough here to have at least won previous episode so strong has it been uh, in joint third and I'm not going to say joint last because it's been it's been very very strong all around it is a third uh, both get a medal and James and Joe with 32 points in second with 36 is Sam but he's been in the lead from the start and he's and he's kept it there Dan overall wins with 43 points a seven length victory the most emphatic win we've jocked off so far uh, well done Dan oh mate I I put some graft into this, probably too much, to be quite quite honest, but it's an absolute honour, and it does actually reinforce I can win a racing competition, and this (laughs) makes up for the tip star defeat tenfold, so thank you very much, I'm honoured. We'll have to have a style of champion champion versus champion, where the winner of the first five series then will go on to a big finale. What do we think about that? Well, we'll just uh, keep this going as long as we can, Jimbo. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, shot down. <laughs> I'm just trying to qualify for the contempt. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Uh, thanks to all the lads for joining us today. Sam Owens, uh, Joe Tuffin and Dan Overall. You can go follow them on Twitter. It's at Sam Owens, at Joe Tuffin and at Over and Clear uh, for the three lads. They're all worth a follow. All good, uh, a good laugh on Twitter and really, really good analysis as well. Uh, thanks to James for turning up again. Uh, we'll we'll have an analysis podcast on Thursday, something like that. Yeah, whenever we can work around you, Lewis. As always. And uh, <laughs> uh, thank you uh, to Rating the Racers for their support. And thanks to everyone for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, and I'll see you all again in a bit. Take care. See you soon. Stay safe.